0: Gather near the doctors in the house. The doctor is in the house If you have a pain, call the doctor If you have a sprain, call the doctor Let the doctor know
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ron is in the house. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, for our 51st meeting of this year. And very happy to be here on Podbean. Very happy and very thankful for those that uh, listen and subscribe to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this Podcast contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you to today's podcast with an attitude of gratitude. And you know, my feelings about being grateful is not just for the holiday season. We should be grateful almost every day of our lives because gratitude improves the quality of our life, and it is an antidote for negative emotions. And grateful people, believe it or not, are le- are happier and less depressed. They are less stressed. They are more satisfied with their lives and social relationships. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. And I want to tell you that next week will be our last podcast for the year for the holiday season. We're going to enjoy it with our family. I hope you are, too. And next week, we will sign off the year uh, with uh, how to stay safe for the holidays. Supplements you, you should consider taking during the holiday season. And we'll talk about one of my favorite subjects, a superior interior, that is how to keep your immune system healthy, how much fluid and what kind to drink. And if you're in the north, they're in part of the United States and it's cold and you're going to you will be inside. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about some strategies you can use to stay happy, healthy, horny and high so with that, as I said, today is just some musings that I have, and I know that some of you are going to uh, do a lot of eating over the holidays. So I did want to bring to your attention a, a diet drug. If, you had, if, you, you know, if, if you're considering taking it, which I don't advise, but this particular one is linked to some cancers. So we don't want you dying to lose weight. And it's not an exaggeration. There's a new report that reveals that the our government, our FDA, our feds knew about this risk. And uh, for years have done nothing about it. Now the FDA is taking action and yank the drug off the market. Are you reassured now? But you'll see in a moment, there is more proof that the FDA is working overtime to pre- to protect the drug companies and not you. The drug is called Larkarsin also known as Belvic, B-E-L-V-I-Q. It was approved a few years back uh, with all the hype and fanfare. You know, you would expect a diet drug. We are an obese uh, country. A game changer, a miracle, a dream for dieters. But it wasn't a dream. It really was a nightmare. Because the people that took it had some screwy side effects. Like what, you say? Well, unexpected or excess milk flowing from their breasts. Their skin got pale and cool. You lose all your color, you turn cold, and then you start leaking milk. I think that would give you a hint that something's wrong. And that's on top of other symptoms that people were getting, like nausea, chills, sweats, bloody urine. But that's not why this drug was pulled from the market. There's a bigger one, cancer. The New England Journal of Medicine linked the drug to some of the deadliest forms of this cancer, like colorectal cancer, pancreatic cancer, lung cancer, liver and bile duct cancer, and leukemia. Now, The FDA, uh, I read, first spotted this cancer connection in 2012, 2012, and they gave the drug an okay. They let patients take the drug and face the risk for over eight years before they finally took action just months ago. They not only approved it knowing the risk, they also approved it knowing that the drug does almost nothing for most people. In real terms, 40% of folks who on the drug lost at least 5% of their body weight compared to 17% on a placebo, on a sugar pill. The the vast majority only got disappointed. So don't look for quick fixes. Don't believe everything you read and hear. And learn about getting off of carbohydrates. Learn about intermittent fasting. Okay? This intermittent fasting is not so bad because you can eat Normal, but only within certain a certain time window every day. Say you only eat between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., or whatever fits your schedule. Or you can eat normal for four to five days a week, but severely restrict your uh, intake for two to two or three remaining days. Search for intermittent fasting to get started. And a side effect that is good for you is that fasting is a great way to force out toxins. Okay, so I just had to bring that to your attention because it was bothering me. So what the heck is going on? Remember what I tell you? uh, I've been telling you that for the past few weeks. Ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that get the water that gets inside of them. So don't let what's happening around you get inside of you and weigh you down. Okay. Don't let it do that. Talk a little bit about the vaccines and uh, how we're being. Uh, I think we're being played. okay so what happened here all right so i talked to you once uh, about a year ago about relative risk and absolute risk i think it's time we revisited that when i was speaking about it uh, last year i spoke about it in relation to statin drugs and there's a drastic difference that these statistics can make and how the drug companies can legally deceive you. Absolute risk reduction is the decrease in risk of a treatment in relation to a control group, okay? Relative risk is calculated by dividing the absolute risk reduction by the control event rate. So let's just just put this in English. Let's say you have 200 women, half take a drug and half take a placebo. And the placebo should be an inert substance. And you you examine the effect of this drug on breast cancer. So after five years, two women in the drug group develop breast cancer. Okay. Two out of 200 compared to four in the placebo group four out of 200. So the drug companies could interpret this in two ways, and both would be correct. The first way would be this new miracle drug cuts breast cancer risk by 50%. Or the more accurate way, which is also correct, new drug results in a 2% drop in breast cancer risk. So which one do you think they're going to use? So this is two different ways of expressing the same data. The first headline expresses the relative risk reduction. Two women who took the drug and developed breast cancer equals half the number of the four women who took the placebo drug and got the breast cancer. Okay. You have a group of women, let's say a hundred, they take the drug, two of them get breast cancer. You have another hundred, they take the, they take nothing for them. Okay, get breast cancer. The difference is fifty percent. Fifty percent of two is fifty you percent know, uh, of two is four. You get four, four, two over four is fifty percent. One half. Now, the second headline gives you the absolute risk reduction, which is 2%. That's two out of 100. Two out of 100 who took the drug developed breast cancer, and 4% of the controls, four out of 100, took the placebo and developed breast cancer. Now, that's an absolute difference of 2%. That's 4%. Minus 2% is 2%. Okay, so there's two ways of interpreting the data. One is you just just take the relative risk and you get that 50% number, or you do the absolute risk and you get the 2% number. So why am I bringing that up? Because you heard about this 95% effectiveness of the vaccine. Eight people in the vaccine group were tested positive for the virus out of 1800 and 310 for a ratio of 0.00044. 162 people in the control group out of 1831 that equaled 0.00885. And when you divide this, the smaller number by the larger number, you get. 0.0049, 0.0049, you multiply that by 100, that comes out to 95%. So that's how they got it, 8 out of 162. It's called the relative risk. But the absolute risk reduction, when you take that point zero 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 four four, and subtract it from the 0.00885, you get 0.00841. You multiply that by 100 and you get 0.8%. So the real effectiveness of this vaccine is not 95%, although 95% is not an incorrect number, but it's the relative risk number. The absolute risk number is 0.8%. A little bit confusing, but if you go to bitchute, B I T C H U T E dot com, you'll find it there and maybe explained a little bit better than I just did. But you have to be concerned uh, with the numbers, and they can be played. They can be played without being dishonest to themselves, but they're dishonest to the public. Okay, so maybe you're getting the idea. I'm not all for this uh, type of reporting. And how about how they report the flu? You notice there's no flu this year? Because they've all been counted as COVID. In fact, the CDC is suspending collection of data for flu for this year. Because they said, let's count all flu deaths as COVID deaths. Does that make you feel better now? COVID Wiped out the flu, wiped out heart attacks, wiped out cancer, because all these drugs now are, all these diseases are counted in the COVID group. So as the COVID-19 cases go up, the flu cases go down. Check me out. CDC and flu. And remember, most people who die from COVID are those with pre-existing health conditions or comorbidities. So they're dying with COVID, not from COVID. So if you get tested positive for COVID and die, God forbid, whether it's due to COVID-19 or not, you're counted as a COVID death. And we've talked about how hospitals, hospitals are reimbursed for COVID deaths. So we would definitely need to have more transparency in our government wouldn't you say I think I think so even the the vaccines people do not know that these vaccines the end point of the testing was to limit symptoms to decrease mild symptoms if they decreased mild symptoms it was called a success it didn't there is no statistics if it did anything with hospitalizations Decrease spreading. And we have no idea what's going to happen when they come in contact with the real virus. Because these things have never, ever been tried before. So they say the FDA approved uh, approved these vaccines, right? They gave them an emergency use but let me if you read the the fine print like nobody else does the fda authorized not approved the pfizer covid vaccine in the public announcement of the united states public distribution start for the pfizer covid Vaccine, the FDA was very careful in their wording. The FDA has authorized the distribution of the Pfizer developed COVID vaccine. They have not approved the Pfizer developed COVID vaccine. Subtle word difference there, wouldn't you say? Here is the FDA definition taken from the government website. The Emergency Use Authorization, EUA, authority allows the FDA to help strengthen the nation's public health protections against chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear threats by facilitating the availability and use of MCMs, medical countermeasures, needed during public health emergencies. Under Section 564, the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act the FDA commissioner may allow unapproved medical products or unapproved uses of approved medical products to be used in an emergency to diagnose, treat, or prevent serious life-threatening diseases or condition caused by threats from these ages when there are no adequate approved available alternatives. All right. Do you see the difference? Authorized, not approved. So what does this mean? When you read the letter that the FDA sent to Pfizer, it says Pfizer, Inc. must submit to investigational new drug application. That's called an IND. If this was approved and rather than just authorized, why did they have to have an IND, an investigational new drug application? Number not one, nine, seven, three, six periodic safety reports at monthly intervals within 15 days after the last day of a month beginning after the first full calendar month after authorization, not approval after authorization. Each periodic safety report is required to contain descriptive information, which includes a narrative summary. An analysis of ad- adverse effects submitted during the reporting interval, including interval and cumulative counts by age groups, special populations, pregnant women, et cetera, and adverse events of special interest. And it goes on and on about how they have to report and submit an investigational new drug application. I'm just telling you, you know, if if you don't have to be first, I uh, sure wouldn't do it. And the adverse reactions and effects will be will be continuing to roll out. And there, there some of these are really shocking. We talked about them Saturday, and I must, I guess, I must have hit some truth because YouTube banned me. Uh, for Saturday's broadcast, they said I should be telling people the truth. In the UK now, any person with a history of significant allergic reactions to a vaccine, medicine, or food, or those who have been advised to carry an EpiPen, they say adrenaline auto injector in this in this letter. Should not receive the Pfizer vaccine. Resuscitation facilities should be available at all times for all vaccinations. Vaccinations should only be carried out in facilities where resuscitation measures are available. And I did read today where a lot of people in our government and bureaucratic positions are saying, "Don't worry about it." Well, don't worry about it if you don't, you know, if you don't care. See where I'm going? This is—you just have to know the facts, and you have to check them out. Because if you don't know them and you don't hear them, you're only going to hear them on pro, on, on programs and podcasts like mine. The mainstream is not going to tell you about this. They're not going to tell you that WebMD states that more than 50 million Americans suffer from allergies each year, and 200,000 people go to the ER with food allergies. They're not going to tell you or remind you that 4 to 5% of the population has food allergies. So who can say how many Americans would experience life-threatening anaphylactic shock from this vaccine? So if you break out in a rash from an antibiotic, is that enough to give you an exemption from the vaccine? We don't know. So, remember, serious cases of illness, hospitalization, or death, were not on the radar of of these clinical trials. Just cough, chills, fever. Do you need a vaccine for that? Are you going to go line up for this vaccine right now? You're not supposed to know about this information. Because most of it is being censored. Even like my YouTube video from Saturday. Censored. So you're getting a clue. They don't want you to know about it. John Rappaport calls it medical tyranny. He says that dictatorship wants you to take the COVID shot. So we got to be a little, little bit careful, a little bit careful, ladies and gentlemen. And we, we definitely need our government to be uh, more transparent. And we have to talk more about how to develop our own immunity. So that's what we'll do next week, right? will talk about diet, nutritional supplements, melatonin. You know, that's really important. It has the ability to freely pass into any cell that, it, that it's connected with. So it can it can make your own cells make antioxidant production. So we have to talk about that next week as our last show of the holiday season. Uh, just let you know that there is a, a uh, article out showing that children who are not vaccinated ha- are healthier and have no ADHD and so forth. It, versus children that are vaccinated Dr. Rob Abbott MD probably not going to see that if we have the time next year we'll go through this because it's a uh, let's see 27 and 5 it's like 3400 patients okay and both groups had high incidence of breast va- breast uh, feeding. I mean there was there's some Problems with the study, but still, you're, you know, it's good that somebody is is actually looking at this. But I can tell you one of the results of no child in the unvaccinated group was diagnosed with ADHD or autism. So we'll have to talk about that. And I want to just mention before I go today, because today will be a shorter show than normal, there's a rapid COVID testing on children that's going to be promoted. But it hasn't really been tested. I mean, it's just you can't make this stuff up. The rapid test detected 77.8% of symptomatic cases in people 18 or under, while among those without symptoms, the test faltered, further identifying 70.2% of adults and 63.6%. So what did it find? If you have no symptoms, you still have the disease. And both and the studies show that two other tests also fail to include children under the age of twenty-one, Abbott's ID Now, and younger than eighteen, Veritor, made by Beckton Dickinson. But our schools are starting to buy them. I th- I, I I read, not very accurate. So we're going to label our children who don't don't get sick and don't die, and if they do get sick, it's just like a regular flu or cold. I don't know. Are we being played or what? I'm not going to talk too much more next week or in the coming weeks about the aborted fetal cells because nobody really, really cares, but these aborted fetal cells are made cancerous so they can live long. I don't know. It doesn't sound like a good idea to me to take a cell that has been... Immortalized by making it cancerous. I don't know if maybe it sounds better to you. Robert F. Kennedy had a great article about the flu vaccine and how it really doesn't do much and has a lot of you know formaldehyde, mercury, glyphosate in it. So next week, how to be happy and healthy for the holidays. Next year we're going to get back onto a regular schedule. I haven't I haven't had but I do have someone that wants to be a guest on on my podcast about uh, talking about the re- incredible benefits of low dose naltrexone. Naltrexone is known in the medical industry as being an antidote for narcotic overdoses, but at low doses it's being used for fibromyalgia and from what I'm reading, incredibly fantastic results, incredible results. So we need to do a show on that. So what do you think about masks for this super deadly global death virus, this pandemic? I don't know, you you sure see a lot of used masks thrown on the sidewalks. You would think they would have biohazard containers, wouldn't you, for people to dump their used virus droplet infected masks? You would think. You would think that Monsanto, who is now paying out $100 billion in lawsuits as it regards to Roundup? Roundup causing health and environmental disasters for years. We've been talking about it for years, but most people say it's no big deal. Fake news, conspiracy theories, and now Monsanto was having to pay up because it, it turned out to be true. Do you think those of us that are telling you that are being censored about COVID-19 you think this, this is Monsanto all over again? I don't know. You have to think about it. And I would be remiss if I did not mention cellular phones. The light from the screen suppresses melatonin. And as you'll hear next week, melatonin is very, melatonin is very important for your immunity. And this late night addiction to using your phone, to check your emails, to check social uh, uh, media, it's immunity suppressant. And just one last note, eight million people have died in 2020 because they are starving to death, mainly children. And we're spending $9 billion making a vaccine that we don't even know how good it's going to work. But we could, we know 100% of those children, if they were fed, they would be fine. So where's Bill and Melinda Gates? Where's Bill Gates with a mask on? How come he has been or has crowned himself as the czar of health? pandemic information. I I didn't see where he went to medical school or has a public health uh, degree. Sure has a lot of money though. Has a ton of money. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron. Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. See you next week when we'll be speaking and talking about how to get through the holiday season. It should be a great time for all of us. I hope we all can spend some time with our family and friends. Remember those, especially our military, that can't be home, that are ensuring our freedom. And uh, don't watch so much television. Okay, watch some good comedy movies. The other stations are all junk, huh? All right, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ron signing out. I hope you have a uh, fruitful rest of the day. I'll see you Tuesday. Ciao.
0: Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. And it's all about good health. He's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. When the doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you I'm sure he can tell you just What to do The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house so if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor And let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. See you next week.